0: This is West Coast Sasquatch Research. Welcome to Sasquatch 101, part two. Greetings, I'm your host, Jerry Matthews. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Sasquatch research. Now, you may recall that in episode one, I spoke about the characteristics of Sasquatch. And seeing that you're here, I assume that you probably would like to hear more evidence about the creature's existence. Well then, as luck would have it, this is where you come in. Now, as a researcher, it's going to be up to you to collect evidence and to assess the evidence of other people. And if I could tell you only one thing, it would be that evidence is not proof. Now remember that. It's not proof in a court of law, and it's not in Sasquatch research either. You see, evidence can be manipulated to support any line of thought or belief that somebody might have. So evidence shouldn't be offered as proof. Proof is a smoking gun. And at this point in Sasquatch research, we haven't even seen the gun. Now it's up to you, the researcher, to set heights for your own bar of evidence as to what is believable evidence and what is not. Remember from part one of the podcast, you must stand for something or you'll fall for anything. So right now it may be helpful for you to set up an infrastructure of your research by asking yourself a few questions about your motivation. Firstly, why do you want to research the Sasquatch? Is it for your own enjoyment, to get you out in the woods, uh, have a more fun time with your friends and family? Or is it for a social aspect of finding others with a common cause? Are you looking for an explanation for something that happened to you in the past? Or do you just want your 15 minutes of fame by nailing this mystery? Or how about you'd love to prove it's real or debunk its existence either way, just for your own satisfaction? Well, let's deal with the first one. It is a hobby to get me out into the woods. Fair enough. With that attitude, you'll never be disappointed by research, I'll tell you that now because it will take you to places that you otherwise might never have gone, and you'll meet people along the way that you never would have met otherwise. So, you know, if this is your outlook, then I would encourage you to investigate the Sasquatch and go out and enjoy our beautiful countryside. You'll never regret it. Uh, The second, uh, I want to do it for the social aspects. Okay, while there's nothing wrong with this reasoning, it does have some pitfalls. You can meet a lot of great people out on the trail. You may even make lifetime friends. You may also make lifetime detractors. It'll depend on the height of your that evidence bar and how well you wish to adhere to it. You can make friends or lose friends depending on those standards. And honestly, you'll definitely have to grow a thick skin, whatever your reason for studying Sasquatch. Uh, Another reason was that you're looking for evidence which would explain something that happened to you. Now this is probably one of the best reasons that you could possibly have. This will speak well with you, especially in your interactions with other researchers. And it'll give you a legitimacy when you share your story about what happened to you. Um, People getting their 15 minutes of fame. Okay, sadly. There are a number of those kinds of researchers. In the long run, they gain little respect from their peers at large, and they're easy to spot. Motivation can be a big deal for sure when it comes to being a researcher. You may notice that Bigfoot documentaries are not as informative as they used to be. Well, nowadays, they're just platforms which are more about the researcher than the creature. Soon as the night vision and thermal units appear, I switch channels. But that's just me. Who am I to say how someone should spend their precious time, time that they will never get back again? Uh, The fifth one that the jury is still out on is even if Sasquatch exists. I mean, you're the kind that maybe... If you found out tomorrow that it was all just a big hoax, you probably would not spend much time lamenting it. to Loch Ness or onto Ogopogo or whatever. Now, if that's your character, that would show me that you have a hefty balance of skepticism, which is absolutely necessary in this field. You're willing to follow the evidence wherever it leads and you won't color it to suit your own beliefs. John Green once said, do not let your presumptions become assumptions. And remember, stand for something or fall for anything. Now, how to begin research. Read a book on Sasquatch. Well, duh, (laughs) no, I'm serious. Don't look for knowledge online or in chat forums or blogs or anything like that. You know, At this point, avoid the echo chamber of social media. Rather, take yourself and your book or your candle to a quiet place with few distractions and absorb what you're reading. With a book as your source, you'll be able to ignore a lot of the noise that you'll get from social media, including podcasts. Well, I hope we don't have to go that far. But when you've read your book, get another book. Look for the older TV documentaries on Amazon Prime and Netflix. Those were the days before night vision and thermal cams. These days it's all just howling in the woods and getting anonymous replies from tree knockers with glowing eyes now as your friendly neighborhood researcher don't take for granted everything you see in here okay use your skeptic senses if they've been properly prepared they'll never steer you wrong now once you believe that you've achieved a degree of understanding about sasquatch then it's time to put this knowledge to use now you can do either do your research alone or by becoming a member of a local group. And being a group member can be invaluable. It'll give you the possibility to do field work and it's a great place for networking with others. Best part? You can still do investigations on your own even though you are a group member. Best of both worlds. You can contact a local uh, group in your region just by doing a simple Google search. So next, where will you go to find Sasquatch? Now there are a lot of people running around the countryside. They just meander from place to place, whichever way the wind blows, just hoping to get lucky. Then there are others who will scope out a spot by some river or on some mountain and study every aspect of that area until they know what belongs and what doesn't. I, in the past, it's been said, it's a fool's errand to go walking around the countryside hoping to trip across a Sasquatch. Now, I just paraphrased a guy who spent most of his life doing just that no results. Those were the words of the researcher's patron saint, Rene de Hinden. He became a proponent of don't look for Sasquatch, rather, let Sasquatch come to you in his latter years. Here's what you do. You stake out your territory and keep rolling the dice with each visit until you come across that one well-defined footprint. At that point, you realize that you've been given a great gift. You now know where there is one, right in your area. And why would you ever want to leave? I think that this is a great idea. Stake out an area for yourself and keep it secret. Now, people who do this, well, they're called the silent researchers. They do not have a website, they do not post on forums, because if they do, the believers will attack them for not sharing any of their findings. True story, I've seen it happen. So they fly under the radar of the Bigfoot community. So now that you've decided on your chosen research method, it's time to gather the tools to assist you, the tools of the trade, if you will. When you have an opportunity to go into the woods, some valuable items to carry along with you would be a GSP. When going into an unknown area, you can begin to track leaving a breadcrumb trail on the device right back to your starting point. So under those circumstances, it would be pretty hard to get lost. You'll also need a knife. This is something that'll have many uses, foreseen and unforeseen, trust me. Uh, Next, a recording device or cell phone. Now, back in the day, we always carried a small tape recorder. I still have my cassette recorder. I've never gone into the woods without it. But these days, you can just download a recorder program onto your phone I've downloaded a very sensitive one that I put on my phone. Uh, Four, camera. Once again, you have an excellent camera on your cell phone, but there are some who still use film in cameras and trail cams, and they do this because if they get an interesting picture, they don't want to worry about claims that it was photoshopped in some way. So they still go through the old procedure. Ah, definitely, a small measuring tape is something to have with you. Now, these are basics which you can carry at all times. Now, taking a picture of an object requires, at times, a comparison in size to understand what you're truly seeing. A little measuring tape is a perfect thing for displaying actual size of an object. As touched upon earlier, you're going to need books about Sasquatch for your research. Now, there are a number of fine books out there in the marketplace. However, they are the exception rather than the rule. The same with regards to TV shows, blogs, podcasts, forums, whatever. If you'd like a list of good books well worth the read, then send me an email and I'll send you a list. Also, a list of worthwhile research documentaries to watch. There are some really good ones out there, if you know what to look for. And, you know, they will all be informative media resources. So, at this point, I'm going to ask, what do all of these media sources have in common? Well, first and foremost, media sources depend on the experiences and beliefs of others for their content. And usually this content comes in four different forms. The first is anecdotal evidence. Second is unknown audio. Third, unknown visuals. And four, multiple encounters. So let's take a look at these one by one. We'll start with the anecdotal evidence. If the claim of a Sasquatch encounter has no evidence to support it, then this report is what is called anecdotal. He said, she said, you know? Just someone telling a story about an encounter with only their word as evidence. We will get to various types of evidence later. So let's take on the unknown audio. Now there are a plethora of sound bites out there where the submitter claims that these recordings are Bigfoot vocalizations. Now, a more skeptical researcher would have put them forth as just unknown sounds. These sounds are usually not accompanied by further evidence. Therefore, without any additional support of a convincing nature, we just have a mildly interesting sound made by an unknown creature. You can file it away for future use, but be picky about what you will accept as evidence. Unknown visuals are a different thing. They're very common, these reports. These are folks who snapped a blurred or out of focus picture and claimed this to be evidence of Sasquatch. Back in the day, we used to call them Blob Squatches. So now, here's a sample lesson. Say someone is showing you a picture of a supposed Sasquatch uh, hiding behind a tree, or a picture of vague outlines of a footprint in the earth but you could not make out the researcher's claim. So, at one point, the researcher had to resort to outlining the subjects in red for you to finally see what he was talking about. Well, by rights, that researcher's evidence should have already lost your interest before the outline. Remember what I said about the height of your bar when it comes to processing evidence. Belief in blob-squatches is pretty low on the bar no matter how sincere the photographer or the researcher might have been showing you them. Another uh, form of evidence is multi-sightings. Now, these are the people that you may see on those horrid TV productions that I touched on, who claim to have unlimited access to a Sasquatch or Sasquatch group. They've had many encounters of all types, but not once have they ever been able to take a picture or a video of these creatures. And there's usually far-fetched answers as to why this is. For an example, the last show that I partially watched on Amazon Prime had researchers who claimed that they they virtually lived with a family of Sasquatch, okay? But they had no pictures of the creatures that these guys virtually lived with because the Sasquatch did not like things pointed at them. So cameras were out of the question. The same with their trail cams, which did not take pictures because the Sasquatch avoided the cameras because of the human scent that was on the cameras. So, get this, the scent of the men caused the Sasquatch to stay away from their cameras, yet... The Sasquatch had no problem hanging out with the men themselves. Okay. So let me say that people are free to believe what they want. Godspeed. I'm just trying to place you, the listener, on the right path to begin your research. What becomes of it in the end will be totally up to you. Now, in Part 3, let's touch on the Bigfoot community and look at some of the hollowed pieces of evidence which are so prevalent these days. You, the listener, can make up your mind of the quality of the evidence presented. Until that time, my name is Jerry Matthews. You can reach me at yellowcoyote at talus.net. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for your interest. And until the next time, keep on searching. Okay, dear listener, that about wraps it up for now. My name is Jerry Matthews. You can reach me at yellowcoyote at talus.net. Thank you for your interest, and until the next time, keep searching.